Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, good night, lovely listeners, and welcome to the first episode of The Dreaded Lurgy with Lara van Lelyveld and Kylie van Zell. This is the podcast for hypochondriacs and the perpetually curious. First, our standard medical disclaimer. Neither of us is a medical doctor. Definitely not. Or a nurse. We don't even play them on TV. Yeah, we have no, no one has coached us through any of this medical stuff. No, we are not medically trained at all in the least. We have only ever been on the receiving end of medical care. In some interesting scenarios, admittedly, but... I haven't even done a first aid course now that I think about it, have you? Yes, I've done, but only level three, so I mean... Theoretically, I could birth a child, but that's hilarious. Yeah, so happily, um, what we're discussing today is not covered in first aid because you don't need first aid if you get it. And what we're covering today is dengue fever. We should, however, introduce our third co-host, how remiss of us, I'm sure that's why he's complaining so loudly, Trancy. That is my cat, and he is ultimately the cutest thing on earth and a devil sent to test me. <laughs> Today he is doing his best, uh, I want attention immediately look, and um, we shall not neglect him. So there we go, Trency, you have your shout out on our podcast. We are going to try and carry on as though he's not launching himself into the middle of our podcasting area every 30 seconds. But just so you know what to expect, like one of us is not sort of mewling in despair. <laughs> <laughs> there have been moments where we wish we could, but it's... Um, but it is the cat. It is in, in fact the cat. I have another cat, but he is asleep because he is a gentle angel. <sighs> Tonight, well, tomorrow, today, whenever you're listening to this... some point in the indeterminate future. We are going to be talking about dengue fever. Correct. First, I have a question about the etymology of that utterly, utterly crazy name. Dengue. Dengue. Well, Trancy agrees with me, just FYI. It's not 100% certain where the word comes from. It's not a place name. It's not... The name of the discoverer. So it's probably derives from a Swahili word, dinga. Okay. Um, or possibly the phrase kandinga pepo, which describes the disease as as a result of sort of interference from an evil spirit of some sort. There's, I've also seen etymologies which say it just means affected. Um, okay. So yeah, dengue fever just, it, it might be something as simple as just being a regional word for fever, like Gobi Desert. So it could be fever fever. Because it's nobody bothered to make a note of where the word came from. So now this the fee, the the thing itself is it a virus, amoeba, prion, parasite, bacteria? It is a virus. It is a family of it is dengue fever is caused by a family of four viruses. So okay. there are four serotypes of the dengue fever virus: dengue one, dengue two, dengue three, and dengue four. They are flavor viruses. Um. And they are spread by mosquitoes. And who are its friends? Like, what is this virus connected to? Oh, Lord, it's connected to so many, so many things, all of which will make you feel very ill. Prepare yourself while I consult my notes for what it is. I embraced, I've assumed the braced position. Assume the braced position. It is related to, in no particular order, yellow fever. Which will be (laughs) Yeah, yellow fever. Right in there. <laughs> yellow fever is quite quite a lot more dangerous than dengue. Uh, West Nile virus, huh. Zika virus. Which okay. You remember your Zika virus was in the news quite a lot a couple of years ago. Yeah, this is like the, the greatest hits here we're looking at. It really is. It really. Um, Saint Louis encephalitis virus. 
didn't even know that was a thing. Encephalitis scares the bejesus out of it me. It gets worse. Japanese encephalitis, which is quite severe. Um, tick-borne encephalitis. Kyasanura forest disease and OMS hemorrhagic, OMSC hemorrhagic fever, which I had never heard of. And all of these are arboviruses, which means that they are spread by arthropods, um, which is to say mosquitoes and ticks. Oh. Nothing a tick gives you is ever good. No. Likewise, mosquitoes. mosquitoes. Yeah, no. Nothing they you really give... are the gift that is a total failure. Yes, it's like getting a fuzzy sweater in the middle of the Southern Hemisphere summer. Puff, puff, puff. Which has okay. happened to both of us several times. So, next question. Mm. Um, let's say I have dengue fever. All right. What are the chances I survive it? Oh, very high. Huh. You'll probably survive. Excellent. Yeah, you're not in very much danger. Uh, if you get, de- get uncomfortable. I feel uncom- like there's a but coming. There's a but. There is a but. There's always, there's always a but. Um, unless you get dengue hemorrhagic fever. See, you said the word hemorrhagic, which means... I'm going to be bleeding from somewhere. Yes, everywhere. <gasps> um, okay, look, it's not Ebola. True. Ebola is what everyone thinks. You think hemorrhagic fever, you think uh, all the West African, Central African viruses, Ebola, Marburg. Um, the ones that, all that really fun mess shit. you up. Yeah. Now, dengue hemorrhagic fever is <laughs> quite a lot more dangerous than dengue fever on its own. Dengue fever on its own will probably go away. Go to the doctor, give you some painkillers. He'll suggest bed rest and rehyd- you know, oral rehydration solutions. You'll feel a bit miserable for a few days, but you'll probably be fine. So mortality right there, like 2.5%? Yeah, about around there. With proper treatment, you ch- your chances of dying are practically zero. And Assuming that you are not already immunosuppressed, very young or very old. Yes. All, all the usual caveats. Yeah, the usual yeah. people who are in for the rougher ride. Yeah. So if I have the hemorrhagic fever... Your chances of dying are quite a lot higher, but still... It's still not that high. With proper treatment, you, again, will probably be fine. Okay. Yeah. But get proper treatment. Yes. If you have been to an area where there's dengue, or you live in an area where there's dengue, which increasingly millions and millions of people do because it's range is spreading. Um, so in, in, in pure self-interest here, where do I have to be to get dengue fever? And how can I not be there? It is an extensive list. And I feel, unfortunately, that as residents of South Africa, we are technically, technically already there. Okay. Okay. But again, they tend to list an entire country where, in fact, only a certain region of the country is, is actually at, at risk. For example, in South Africa, your easternmost provinces on the border with Mozambique, for example, parts of KwaZulu-Natal and Pumalanga, um, Limpopo, yeah. I mean, there are also mosquito. There are also malaria areas. Yes. Yeah. There's a bit of an overlap. Talk to me in isotherms. Okay, so where your minimum temperature is not below the isotherm of 10 degrees Celsius, mosquitoes yes. don't like. They're not very happy below that temperature. That is a lot of the world. It is quite a lot of the world. It's all your tropics and subtropical areas. But I noticed that you said very happy rather than dead. Yeah, so it turns out that there some of them can actually suffer. Some species, I think it's Edie's um, albopictus, can survive small period, uh, small short time periods of sub zero. Look, they are, will probably die. Like a Canadian winter or a northern, like northeastern United States winter, is going to kill them. Good to know. I mean, that kills mammals for God's sake. Insects aren't going to make it. But um, thanks to global warming, more and more of the Earth is providing an easier environment for them. So, I live in not Canada, yes. um, so 
is somewhere in Africa. It's mm-hmm. tropical. It's warm. My isotherm is 15. I'm sweating a lot anyway. Yes. How do I know that I have dengue fever? Well, if you're in an endemic area, your doctor will probably be able to tell you based on symptoms. And the symptoms are not that specific. That's not very reassuring. No, see, I would like a sort of a rash in the shape of a dengue. Yes, it would be nice if, like, a little label just were to bing, bing, bing. Bing. like you want something like um, syphilis, say, that has very very specific clear symptoms. symptoms. Yes, unlike you know, they say, "Oh, a bit, oh I just don't feel very well." Yeah, it's how the world ends. You know, somebody's like, "Oh, I'll be fine. I'll just take a, I'll just take some, I'll just take some aspirin. <laughs> I'll take some aspirin, and I'll spend the afternoon on the couch, and I'll be fine." And then no. But, okay, so your symptoms of dengue. Are you ready? I'm ready. Do you have any of the following? Um, I'm going to say yes or no, depending on how I feel at this present moment. Okay, so a fever of above 38 degrees. I don't think so. Celsius, which is 100.4 for those of you who insist on using Fahrenheit. No, I feel quite cool to the touch. Okay, do you have a severe headache? No, I feel quite well in that area. Do you have any pain behind your eyes? It's not sinus-related. I know you suffer from sinus. Yes, my sinuses are, are tiny devils in my face. Currently, no pain. Right. Body aches, including muscles and joint pain? Aside from exercise-related pains, no. So, fun fact, another word for dengue fever is breakbone fever, because it feels... I mean, I feel, I feel that's unnecessarily dramatic, to be honest with you. But apparently the joint the muscle pain can make people who are delicate feel as though their bones are about to break. I have not found any actual first-person descriptions of, of that that make it sound that bad. I'm, I've never had dengue. Mm. I have not had a chance to ask my aunt, who has had dengue, how she felt. Um, she's quite stoic, though. My family tends to be, so I doubt that she'd admit too much. Um, but what a powerful name, breakbone fever. I know. That that's, means, that, it's just scary, though. That's, that's going to be the disease in a Netflix original movie. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, it does make it sound like you're going to have very... Look, you do... I mean, if your fever goes high enough, you can have a seizure. But again, that's not that's not quite... That's it's just a bit, of, just a bit of joint pain. Okay. I mean, I could... You know. Okay. So... Okay, I, I definitely don't have... You don't have that. that. You'd know, I feel. So, nausea? No. Vomiting? Not that I've noticed in the last hour or so. <laughs> I would have picked that up. You would have noticed that one. That one's a very visible one. Yes. Weakness. Now, a less flippant helpful symptom, I, do you feel weak? I always feel weak, even when I'm not sick. I just have ennui. <laughs> sort of general fatigue at the existence of human beings. Yes. yes. Does that qualify me for dengue fever? Probably not. And loss of appetite. Well, considering the lunch I just ate, I think we're safe on that Okay. One. But do you have a widespread red body rash? No, but now I feel quite sure that I do. And I might make you inspect my body. I'm watching. I'm looking at you. You don't appear to have a widespread anything. Okay. You look fine. Okay. So I don't have dengue fever, but those symptoms are not as specific as I would like. No. No. And unfortunately, by the time you get specific symptoms, it means you're quite sick. That if you get very specific symptoms, you've got dengue hemorrhagic fever, which is the sort that could potentially kill you if you don't get to hospital. So what am I? Where Where am I bleeding from? I know I'm bleeding. Hemorrhage. Tells me I'm bleeding. Where am I bleeding from? Probably your gums. Technically, anyway, probably your gums. My mouth filling with blood. Yes. Disgusting. Not cool. Any other symptoms that I'd be getting? Severe belly pain. Mm. Fun fact, you will always get belly pain with bleeding. Anything hemorrhagic will always give you belly pain. Because that's where the blood's coming from. Basically, yeah. Your abdominal cavity, your spleen swells up, all sorts of things. 
vascular leakage, not great. That's that's an interesting term, vascular leakage. Isn't that's it? That's quite a way to put it. Yes. Well, it's actually sometimes like we tend to think of bleeding as coming from a severed blood vessel, but actually your blood you, you can just bleed through the walls. Look, it's not going to happen to you. <laughs> uh, Laura is looking increasingly alarmed, but it's not true. verbalizing any of this. So I feel I need to describe her face to you. <laughs> I mean, we've we've chatted about dengue fever. I. I know a little bit about it, but every time we have a conversation... You just get freaked out all over again. Kylie just drops these little bombs on me, and I'm like, okay, I did not know that blood vessels did it. I assumed that there was just a spontaneous rupture. I mean, that happens in the late stages. Look, by the time you get to spontaneous rupture, you're quite sick. Things Things in your body tend not to spontaneously rupture without some sort of warning, with the exception of aneurysms, which are not at all related to dengue. So, I've got a very sore t- tummy. Mm-hmm. I'm bleeding from my gums. Probably your gums, yes. What else is going on with me? A high fever. Very high fever. So, higher than the one you had already. Okay, so my brain looking is at literally in, in, cooked. In excess of 40 degrees Celsius, I think. I'm, I'm parboiling my brain. Okay, here's a fun thing about fevers, though. Everybody counts as running a fever slightly differently. Like, my body temperature is actually slightly lower than average. My body temperature is slightly higher than average, actually. See, so what counts as a fever for me... It might actually just be normal for you. Oh. Or a mild fever for you would be a high fever for me. Um, I believe some populations, for example, um, ethnic Japanese, tend to have a 36.7 body temperature as opposed to the 37.8, which I think is normal for people of Western European descent. Hmm. Again, it varies from individual to individual. Which is kind Check of why... Base temperature, everyone. Yes. Which is also why checking for fever with coronavirus hasn't always been all that helpful, because some people do run a bit hot. Not just werewolves. <laughs> oh, I was hoping... <laughs> <laughs> Twilight reference, the only one you will ever get. Um, I mean, that's not true, you guys. I'm going to sneak in a whole bunch. I've never actually read Twilight, so I can't. Uh, don't worry, I've got you, listeners. I've got you. She's also a fan of True Blood. Oh, for somebody who is squeamish about blood as you... But I know Very it's just vampires. Like corn syrup mixed with red figure colouring. I mean, on TV, yes. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, in real life, it's slightly more. As somebody with, who's clumsy around knives, I can tell you that actual blood, a lot less attractive, especially when it's yours. True story, uh, which is why I like my blood fake and made of candy ingredients. Yes. I donate blood, or used to donate blood, and I eventually stopped because I couldn't do it without passing out. Oh, God. And one day I bled all over the collection site and they were like, they cleaned me up with about a bucket full of bactericide and then politely asked me to maybe rest for a few months before I before I came back. I had left bloody handprints all over the um, donation venue, though, so I think they had a point. They, yeah. Okay. So, but are you vomiting blood? Not currently, no. Okay. Look, if you ever vomit blood... Go to the doctor. Go to the doctor. Blood, so blood, blood on either end. Doctor, immediately. Don't wait don't go oh it's okay i'll just see if you can see me on thursday be like hello doctor i am bleeding in my gastrointestinal tract this is not right please see me i think i might need help it could be anything from you have a tiny lesion to you have a giant go to the doctor okay just Just go rather be alarmist than be dead there's the tagline for our show yes rather be alarmist than dead check don't die (laughs) right so on top of your severe Pain in your belly, your yes. manky manky bleeding gums, your vomiting, your con- you know your um, your vomiting and your high fever, your agreed upon high fever. 
you also might be experiencing rapid breathing or difficulty breathing. What a treat of a symptom collection there. It is a movable feast. And uh, the cherry on top is that you, well, actually, you are literally the color of a cherry, your skin is red, and possibly peeling. Peeling, peeling skin just never sounds good. I'm imagining like an internal sunburn. I'm saying Like your whole body is so hot you've just burnt it. How unpleasant. That sounds like radiation poisoning. True. That's a time that's a different show. Yes. But now who who found this disease? Like is this a recent thing? No. Dengue fever look there's records of dengue fever going back hundreds and hundreds of years. Um but hundreds it's hundreds of years. No, oh, thousands really. Look because the symptoms, as we discussed, are not very specific, uh. and they're actually, um, for example, the symptoms of other mosquito-borne diseases, Zika virus has similar symptoms, chikungunya virus has similar symptoms, um, yellow fever, similar symptoms. So, uh, you know, they're not very specific. So saying, oh, we found dengue fever in the record, is, you know, in the historical record, is based mostly on where is the record from? Are you dealing with Chinese records, Thai records, Cambodian records, African records, whatever, Arab records, and so forth? Mm. And is it like, does it, does it sound like dengue? Could it, have been, could, could it be dengue because of where it is in the world? Based on the fact that there would likely be the mosquitoes, yeah. the little carriers there. Yeah. So, but historically, dengue was restricted to sort of Southeast Asia. Okay. Right. But, fun fact, it has spread considerably since World War II, and in fact since the 1970s. Thank you, climate change. Yeah, basically. You can directly link this to climate change. More and more of the world is becoming a comfortable habitat for the mosquitoes involved. And so the evil mosquitoes carrying all of their dirty, dirty viruses, parasites, etc. Yeah. Are making their homes in, probably, the tyres. Yeah. Can you tell me about the tires? International, this blows my mind. Every time. International trade in used tires sort of took off after World War II. World War II, look, World War II saw more movement of troops and equipment in and out of the Pacific than in any time in history until then. Mm-hmm. Like massive, massive troops. The war in the Pacific was incredible. And after the, everybody had to be taken home, stuff had to be taken back to its country of origin. And then a lot of the countries in that area began to industrialize quite rapidly, which they hadn't necessarily been doing before the war. And um, you ended up with a lot more used tires. You ended up also with rapid urbanization, which in, as South Africans we know, rapid urbanization results in poor infrastructure. Yeah. And that often results in standing water. And which is what mosquitoes need the smallest amount. Yeah, they can breed in like ridiculously small amounts of water. And they breed quickly. So Kylie did this thing. At one of her previous places where she lived, she went around with a bottle of bleach. Tell them the story, Kylie. It's a great story. So, uh, I yes, I had landlords who were absolutely wonderful people, but hoarders. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, not hoarders so much as just. Collectors? Collectors of things. And back in the day when it still rained in South Africa, <laughs> um, water would collect in paint tins and buckets and ice cream containers and old tires, of which there were way too many considering the number of vehicles at the premises, and um, the pool, which was broken and leaked. So 
uh, it was an, uh, what's the word, a below ground pool, not an above ground mm-hmm. pool. And, you know, um, various other hollows and material containers and uh, one particular notorious example, an upturned hubcap. <laughs> and mosquitoes bred. I would say bred like flies, but I, I suspect that even flies would be put into shame by the amount of back these mosquitoes put into <laughs> reproducing. And they were mosquitoes every fucking where and although mosquitoes don't bite me that much when you have that many mosquitoes it's going to get a little bit unpleasant so i went around with a bottle of a common south african brand of chick which is bleach plain old hydrochloric acid bleach and i put a cap full of bleach or more depending on the amount of water involved into every single bit of water receptacle yes and then i had to stop the cat drinking it but that was another story um yeah and that sorted out the mosquitoes the buggers will breed in, like, you wouldn't think mosquitoes could fit any lava in, into it. And Larvae. they will manage it. They, there were so many mosquitoes. It sounded like a flock of starlings. You've seen those videos of, like, massive flocks of starlings. Yeah, murmuration. Great word. I'm not sure what the plural, the, what the collective verb, uh, collective noun is for mosquitoes, but if it's not murmuration, it should be. There were so many. Like, the light would dim. I believe parts of Canada are bad like this as well, and certainly parts of Asia and whatnot. But the worst place I've ever lived was get rid of your standing water, people. Get rid of your yeah. standing water. If you're in a potential dengue area, standing water is not your friend. I just want to clarify I wasn't in a dengue area, but you know, if I had been, I would have been well into the soup. Yes. Yeah. You um, might have even gotten the scary one. It's. I have that sort of like, I probably would have gotten the scary one. So you were not in a recent epidemic area. But no. Where are the recent epidemic areas? Uh, well, any of any of the countries um, in Southeast Asia, um, uh, South America, there have been dengue outbreaks. Um, Pakistan springs to mind. Singapore, uh, East Island of all places. Really? Yeah. That was a surprise to Easter Islanders as well. Well, Rapa Nui, which is the Easter Islanders name for Easter Island. Belongs to Chile. Mm-hmm. Um, and hadn't had dengue. But then the little mosquitoes reached Easter Island and got stuck in. And there were quite a few... I mean, the population is tiny. And I think at like half, I think there were over 500 cases, which counts as a, an epidemic. Yeah. yeah. Um, gosh. India has had... Guatemala has had Thailand. So does it tend to sort of be a couple of months of um, intense action, I suppose, going along with the mosquitoes' well, life cycle breeding season? Yeah, it, te- it tends to, you know, um, spike and then drop off because it also is fairly easy to get rid of mm-hmm. um, dengue, fever, mosquito. You just take out the vector. So you have mosquitoes. Adios, mosquitoes. Basically, once you get rid of the mosquitoes, dengue fever will slack off because humans can't transmit it to each other. You can only get it from being bitten by mosquitoes. Aha! It's got to be an infected mosquito. So technically speaking, if it bites an infected human and then bites you, you could get it. But um, it's not going to – you're not going to get it from your roomies. So in terms of preventing it, it really is just about don't get bitten by mosquitoes. Basically. Which I mean, I think that's a great goal, anyway. Yeah, you should be doing life. that. I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know where in the world it, it is. I mean, I imagine mosquitoes in everywhere in the world are like assholes that bite you, and make you itch. So, so in summary, naughty mosquitoes. Yeah. Get yourself a fly swat. I, I fly swatter. How much time? Do you, how much spare time do you have? 
<laughs> I find it very satisfying because they're so agile, and when I kind of get them, I find it just flailing, flailing around with a a towel works quite well. I'm sorry, I'm just looking at the ceiling of this room, and I can see three mosquitoes that are over are listening to us as we fucking speak. There's one. That's rude. There's one there. There's one there. And I'm, Please tell your compatriots they are not welcome. Yeah, now mus- I used to, until recently, go, oh, mosquitoes don't bite me. They used to bite my ex and they never bite me. However, unfortunately, the ex is now an ex and the mosquitoes have nowhere, no one else to bite. And apparently I was still a bit too smug about not being bitten because last night, of all nights, last night. The night the, before we recorded podcast. The buggers decide that I'm back on the back on the red list and they descended in their droves. In their droves. Oh. Mosquito net. And little, see, um, my dad used to sleep under mosquito net, but I'm too claustrophobic. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, but if you're in a, in, in a if you're in a dengue or a malaria or anything tra- transmitted by mosquitoes area, get the damn mosquito net. Get yourself some insect repellent. Yes. Please note that you cannot always use the same ones on kids as you use on adults. Check the label. Um, citronella oil candles. While yes, you can actually get used to the smell. Oh, I quite like the smell. Really? It, is a, it is the smell of no mosquitoes. <laughs> It's it's become inoffensive to me rather than offensive. So that's that's as much as I've gotten there with citronella. You've you've spent some of your life in Zimbabwe, though, didn't you? Yes. Are mosquitoes a problem there, or are there more of them here? We had to have our um, weird weekly quinine. Ah, okay. Doses. So I can see why you might not like you might not like citronella. It's never bothered me. Not a fan. I prefer citronella to mosquitoes. True. Peppermint oil true. also keeps them away, allegedly. It smells too nice for me to believe that, whereas citronella has got a real bite to it. Peppermint oil repulses most things, including spiders. Really? I am a friend of mine. A friend of mine. A friend of mine in Makanda had a house that was um, sort of infested with rain spiders, which fall huntsman spiders, uh, the big mothers, <laughs> and they coated the place in peppermint oil, um, and apparently that helped. Also, no mosquitoes. Huh. Hmm. Um, Also, don't wear tight-fitting clothing, because they could just bite through it. Yes. So, athleisure is not your friend. Although, why you be wearing athleisure in a humid climate in the first place, I don't don't know. You need a wafty fabric. You need a pajama. Yes. Pajama type, like a flowy light. Oh, heaven. Heaven. Also, make sure that you don't have any standing water. If you have a water tank, make sure it's got a lid on it. That's a good idea anyway. Dead pigeons do not add to the bouquet of your drinking water. No. Yeah. So treat standing water or tip it out. Um, cover mosquito net. Mosquito net. Insecticide. And then you've got yourself sorted. Yeah. But it turns out, right, so if you, if you because some species of mosquitoes uh, don't really sit on the walls. In some countries they spray the walls. Like, yeah. we, like we do here, we spray the walls and the mosquitoes sit on the walls and... Then they die. Yeah, except that it turns out that Edie's Egyptian, Edie's um, Albopictus don't really sit on walls very much. So they don't come into contact with it, so it doesn't work. Oh. Yeah, and Ophelia's, I think, do sit on walls. Um, also, the most piece that when I'm doing the research for this, I a completely wow. useless piece of advice is um, mosquitoes bite more at dusk and dawn than the rest of the day. Right, so like, oh, just avoid being outside when the mosquitoes are. Except then they then invariably follow up with, but they can bite at any time of day. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, great. So I'll just cease to exist then because I don't know how else I'm going to avoid the damn mosquitoes since they can be around whenever. Oh, it's, all, it's, in, it's in all the advice. And I'm not sure how you're supposed to like, oh, what, what am I supposed to get from this? Like morning and evening, they're most active, but they can bite any time of day. Okay. 
So I'm never safe. Okay. No. So what I get, what I gather from that is like going out during actual daylight probably does reduce your chances of being bitten, but maybe not. Cover those ankles. Yeah. Bill Gates means to get going on that mosquito laser. Does he have a mosquito laser? I heard a while ago that he was trying to come up with some sort of laser to shoot mosquitoes with. Oh. That may have been apocryphal. It sounds a bit too ridiculous to be real. But it's the kind of thing that I would 100% buy into. Also, that sounds like even more fun than my fly swatter. I can see you buying a household mosquito laser. Oh my god. Longer and I would have the best time. Yes. Yes, you would. <laughs> you also get those little... My, my parents have one for a while, but they gave it away because it was too noisy. Um... The electric ones. Little electric ones that they have a little, uh, they dehydrate. I felt quite bad for the mosquitoes, I must admit. A little light attracts them and they yeah. get sucked in and they get stuck in a little, a little and they dehydrate. Oh. It's a little mosquito trap. No, oh, I, no, you mean little bug zappers? Yes. Oh, those are fun to watch, but not, I mean, the mosquitoes have to come to it. Yeah, I, um, I like the, the fresh quick kill, shall we say. Done. With a splat on the wall. It has fractions of a second. To feel anything, if it feels, who cares if it feels? It's a mosquito. It's true. Story. I don't ordinarily. To kill me. I want to point out, I do not ordinarily take that approach to members of the edible kingdom. But mosquitoes, mosquitoes are the exception. I cannot think of a single good thing mosquitoes do except provide food for things like frogs and spiders and geckos and geckos. You can get yourself a boatload of geckos, I guess. I had geckos until I imported my cats, and now I haven't got geckos anymore. Oh, kitty's killed him. Yes, I have lots of dead geckos and no actual geckos. Not that anyway in my room. It's a bit of a bind. So, friends and folks, mm. that is the end of dengue. Well, it's not the end of dengue fever. No, it's not the end of dengue fever. Our episode on it. Yes. So, thank you for listening. If you like us, listen more. Please do. Episode two is going to be on a. Still to be determined. We have so many contenders. I quite like the idea of the brain-eating amoeba. Yes. Marburg virus is a strong contender, though. Also like the idea of cholera. Yes. Well, I mean, I like the idea of talking about cholera. Not having cholera. Nobody likes the idea of having cholera. Please, God, no. If that is your fetish, this may not be the podcast for you. It's true. We are... Not to kink shame, but (laughs) there are limits. That's our line. There is a line. Please do not cross it. So thank you for listening. Um, you can find us on Instagram at the dreaded Lurgy pod. Yes. You can email us at the dreaded Lurgy pod at gmail.com. And that's all we have so far. We are current. We are getting around to the Facebook and the Twitter. Also, there's a very high chance that the people listening to this podcast are friends and family that we have press ganged into listening to. Hello, everyone. So special shout out to you for lasting till the end. Congratulations. (laughs) Congratulations. It it wasn't even all that long. No. You've probably heard it. You've probably had, I mean, really, you've probably heard us talk about other things for longer. True. Total strangers would have found this a bit of baptism of fire, though. (laughs) Hang in there. Thank you so much for your... For your words, your thoughts, your tell us all of your things. We're open to suggestions. If you want us to cover anything, let us know. COVID nineteen, maybe. Maybe once it's sort of slacked off a bit. Yes, once, early days. Early days. Also, yeah. once more facts. Yeah. Like I want longevity studies. You mean longevity studies? When there's like, isn't that what it's called? No, no, longitudinal studies. Yeah, there you go. It's close. She's the one with the PhD. Not Neither of us took stats. <laughs> I was supposed to take stats, and then they just realized I was never going to pass it. It was becoming embarrassing, so they let me off, they let me off the hook. Um, 
And with that, goodbye, dear listeners. And thank you.